From Eris Harrison, March 27th, 2020. They just brought in 30 or so prisoners that are infected with the flu. Nobody here has the flu. COVID-19 is a flu. These stupid, delinquent, unprepared, and unequipped fools really put us at risk. I have asthma and bronchitis. They will never tell us if someone contracted the COVID virus. I might not make it. I'm furious and I'm scared because I'm defenseless. They did this yesterday. Even if it's just a flu, to bring sick people here is flat out negligent and malicious. Please, Darnell, if you are up to it, contact ABC News and the governor's office and let them know this is happening. If you can, call to the FBI and file a complaint on my behalf. I won't let them get away with putting everybody in danger. The atmosphere here is so hostile right now. It's a matter of when. A prisoner at the Michigan Department From of Correction. From Eris Harrison, April 15th, 2020. Brother Darnell, I'm good as I can. Trying to keep a high head. I have asthma and bronchitis. I have not received an inhaler since I've been incarcerated in 2014. I had two, and I blew good on a peak flow once, and the doctor thought I was fine. I've been having breathing problems still. Other inmates look out for on inhalers. This is terrifying. I scheduled to see the board in 2023. I haven't had a misconduct in over a year. I stay to myself so I can go home. Now, for some odd reason, I highly doubt I'll make it home. Every day, hundreds of people are passing away from this virus. Thousands and thousands of people die weekly. People can't even get the proper care out in the free world. So I can't but to feel like I'm on borrowed time. I planned so much, changed who I was and how I think, just so I can be the best father I can be, to be a better brother, a better son, a better friend, a better neighbor. God does have the last say-so, but I do want to make it home. They tell us not to contact the parole board because it will hinder or slow the paroling process. I understand that part. How can I not feel helpless? I know you and a lot of people do want us to return home safely. Executive order after executive order. Will somebody let Gretchen know she should give good time for nonviolent offenders and disciplinary credits for the violent offenders. Allegedly, there is a policy directive in place giving good time to people who've been down since the 90s, but there is nothing as far as disciplinary credits for the violent offenders 
who are taking the necessary steps toward rehabilitation and rectifying their wrongs. SMH But I'm here, waiting for what comes first. I will be waiting for your reply. Thank you for everything, in case I haven't said it before. From Frank Dunaz, March 30th, 2020. Greetings from the inside. Hello, everyone. I truly hope and pray everyone is staying strong. The virus is starting to spread throughout these prison walls. I just want our governor to know that our blood will be on her hands as the deaths pile up in here. I completely understand why President Trump does not want to help us. I know he loves Michigan, but unfortunately, he don't like our governor. So please don't blame the president. Blame G. Whitmer. She has a ton of power at her disposal and refuses to use it. I want people to take this time to be safe and think about us living in here. You are getting a small taste of life on the inside. Not going out, not seeing loved ones. I know we all did bad things to get in here, but for how long? We are costing you some $2 billion a year, every year. We could be out there helping out right now. That money would be better spent for education and them damn roads that our governor says she's going to fix, just like the past governors said they were going to fix. They are giving everyone masks, finally. The peak is yet to come, and more deaths, too, sadly. But how long is the recovery going to take? I want to personally say thank you to the first responders. I see the president helped out Michigan. I see a WMU student died. No one is safe. So be safe out there. In closing, I want to say stay safe. Give your loved ones words of encouragement. Hold each other down. Think about us trapped in here at the mercy of the state. Thank you for your time, respectively. Frank Dunest the third, number 248705. P.S. We will get through this. From Dominique Stone, March 27, 2020. Darnell, we are severely detached from reality in here. I haven't spoken on anything because I have yet to fully comprehend the magnitude of COVID-19. As so, I've been patiently observing, calmly focusing my energy, trying to wade through the media onslaught and the worldwide fear-mongering. Unfortunately, I am kinda a conspiracy theorist, only to the extent of having to see all angles before I allow an event or circumstance to alter my state of being. 
I see the seriousness now. Because they have forced me to acknowledge this reality, I still have yet to fully comprehend. Based upon your much-needed updates, I see you still haven't fully comprehended the scope of a prisoner's mind and the psychological effects incarceration has on it. We're lost, Darnell. Hopeless. We calm, cause can't too much more go wrong for us in here. We done already been raped, pillaged, slaved, quarantined, locked down, unemployed. Now we meet COVID-19. We all expected this to happen to us inside, sooner or later. Stay strong and focused for us, big brother. We all ain't gonna make it. But shit, we put false hope into the smallest of things for our survival. Commissary is a false guiding placebo, effective cure, you know? Peace, love, respect, social distancing. Ask yourself, what habit can be instilled in minds behind that term afterwards? From Raymond Carr, Jr., April 3rd, 2020. What's happening in our prisons? Each Michigan Department of Corrections facility has a plan of action now. However, in the beginning of the COVID-19 outbreak, there wasn't any sure plan of action. The coronavirus caught most off guard and unprepared causing some prison officials to make impulsive decisions out of fear of panicking prisoners and losing control of facilities. However, still working in hope of combating this pandemic within the MDOC. What is the plan of action? When a prisoner has symptoms, they are quarantined in segregation and tested. If they meet the criteria for a test, and once the county health department approves, it is necessary to take the test. Then, the prisoners who live in close contact of the prisoner who showed symptoms are quarantined as a precaution until the results of the test are returned within 48 hours. If the test is positive for COVID-19, that prisoner is transferred to the state prison hospital in Jackson, Michigan. For those who were in close contact with the positive prisoner, they are quarantined for 14 days to see if they develop any symptoms. As COVID-19 spreads, space to quarantine is running out, leaving a problematic dilemma of what to do. The sad reality among some prisoners who have the symptoms of COVID-19 is that they are not reporting their symptoms because they do not want to go through the quarantine process. Or some don't want the possibility of losing out on store goods owed to them by other prisoners if they go into quarantine. So lives are at risk because of selfishness and ignorance. Social distancing. It is almost impossible to practice social distancing in prison because of the way we are stacked on top of each other in the housing units. 
The way most prisons are made, there isn't too much privacy. We are forced to share living and common areas with several people. The MDOC is trying to provide updates to the public and prisoners with accurate information to debunk rumors and misinformation. However, not so transparent that it would cause a panic or rebellion. Even though the MDOC is doing the best they can as they counter COVID-19, tensions are still mounting among prisoners and staff. Here at Lakeland Correctional Facility in Coldwater, Michigan, the spread of coronavirus is becoming more rapid. The numbers of confirmed cases are up to 18 and rising. There are now 122 prisoners across the state who have tested positive for COVID-19. It is like walking through a growing minefield, watching your step with bombs going off all around you and there is nothing you can do but pray that the next bomb doesn't go off in your face. There has not been any reported deaths connected to COVID-19 within the MDLC yet. Unfortunately, we know it is only a matter of time before coronavirus claims the life or lives of those incarcerated because no one is exempt of COVID-19. It is my hope and prayer that our governor uses her executive power to reduce our prison population for those who are not a threat to the public's safety so social distancing can be an effective method to slow spread of COVID-19 within prisons. All Michiganders should be allowed a fighting chance at life. If not, many of our incarcerated citizens will be sitting ducks. Prisoner at the Michigan Department of Corrections, Lakeland Facility. Hello. Hello. Hey, brother. How you doing? I am well, thank you. How are you? I am well as well. Um, I, I appreciate your call. And tell me, who am I speaking with? This is Raymond. Oh, man. Thank you for, yes, Raymond, man. Thank you for calling, man. I didn't know if you would get my message in time. Yeah. They... I didn't get the I didn't get the the, uh, the one on the I think it was the thirtieth or something like that. Yeah, they blocking me on all that. Huh. Yeah, they didn't like what it, I was saying. What What were you saying in there? Well, um, I don't be, I don't have all of it in front of me. I I, I can look it up. Um, some of that is kind of um, <clears throat> some of what I was saying was time sensitive. What I was, uh-huh. One thing that I was hoping to be able to do was to get enough brothers on the inside to share the information and ask brothers to join Notes from the Village uh-huh. and to ask their family and their friends to join us on Facebook. It's one thing to go to the, 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 the governor or whoever and say, hey, my brother is on the inside. I need you to do something with my brother. It's one thing to, to do that. It's another right. thing to go and say, I got a thousand brothers on the inside. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's right. different when you have numbers um, right. to say, hey, we've got a thousand brothers. We have a hundred at this hundred, and this is what's going on, and we need you to do something. 
So my hope and my request was that brothers on the inside would get, you know, share the information, get brothers to, um, you know, say yes, you know, put me down for notes of the village, get their information, get their family right. and friends to do it so that we would have more of a voice to be able to help in this fight. That was one thing. Um, the second thing that I think probably they didn't like, um, it was a poem, actually. And it's a poem by an, an African-American uh, poem. It's called um, <clears throat> If We Must Die. Okay. And I'm sure they didn't like that. Mm. Because the poem basically is, is from the civil rights, well, it, it predates the civil rights era, but basically the poem was basically saying, if we must die, let it not be like Hall's. Well, I, I, I don't want to get into the whole thing, but basically it was saying, if we're going to die, let's die fighting back. Yeah. How are you? Hey, man, I'm hanging in here, man. Walking around these minefields, washing my hands and praying. A guy can't do nothing in this fishbowl but to, but to wash his hands, pray, and, and, and try to do the best he can. So quarantine in place, what does that look like? What does that mean at that facility? Okay, so if anybody who came in contact with um, with somebody who tested positive, they 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 can't move like they want to. They got to stay in a their, their bedding area, and so if they want to use the bathroom, they have to get the, the officer has to get it uh, has to orchestrate that, or if they want to they they move beyond their their living areas, they have to get they have to be um, controlled by the police in that in that, their unit. The officer told me that, that one person died so far that they know of. In yeah, fifty-five year old, fifty-five year old male at Parnell. Hmm. He actually died on the first, so they just now talking about it. You know what I'm saying? Right. They See, like just I now said, it, it. They don't. They don't. They don't. They're not so transparent because they they want to hold their hand close to their chest because they don't want some information to get out. You know what I'm saying? Cause they always have to think the worst of us. Like they're gonna, like we're gonna hear some bad news and just go crazy. Like we did some zombies, just uncontrollable, just for violence or something. There is a lot of unrest throughout the prison systems of the nation. Right. Um, so where one particular state or one particular facility may have a certain character to it, there are other facilities that have a whole different character. Yes, exactly. You know, so I mean, there's there's a lot of unrest, um, and th I, you know, I just can't imagine things ain't gonna jump off at some point because I mean, things 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 are things feel a certain way even out here in the free world, right? And people out here got uh, at least some limited choices and options. It's a harder situation there. And the American penal system was not, it was not developed to even house the number of people that they're housing now. Right. You know, mass incarceration. It wasn't, it wasn't even, it wasn't even built to, to, to house and warehouse that many bodies. It right. certainly was not built with a pandemic like this in mind. Right. So they have no protocols. They have no precedences. They have no built-in infrastructure 
and they they don't have a playbook for this. No, they don't. I predicted in that in that thing that didn't get sent to you all that um, some people are not gonna make it. Unfortunately. Uh, most unfortunately, and the yeah. number, the the ratio, will will most likely be much higher in places where close confinement is the only option. Mm-hmm. There was a nursing home where 115 people at the nursing home got it. 115 people at the nursing home because they're all mm. so confined. Right. They're our most vulnerable population. The same thing is true with the inca- persons who are incarcerated. Um, it, the, the numbers will likely be much higher in there than it is out here because of the, the extreme level of confinement and the low level of medical services. So, yeah, that was part of the message that they didn't want to come in uh, and it got rejected, not just at your at your facility, but at other facilities. It was rejected. Is there any message or anything that you would like for me to share on your behalf? Is there anything that you'd like for us to post? We got about maybe 60 seconds to a minute, two minutes left. Just tell, just tell them, just encourage them to, to, to stay sprayed up and continue to wash your hands and <clears throat> and, to, and to do the best they can with they, with they, what they have. Hey, I appreciate you, and I thank God for you and your ministry. Man, keep your head up. Much love, brother. And much love to you as well and, and to everybody there, particularly those that I was able to meet and see. Um, yes. When I was visiting back in February, I'm hopeful to meet and, and visit have again. One minute remaining. And I'm hopeful to see everybody on the other side of this. Most definitely. Most definitely. Well, as I said, please keep in touch. There's this. I, I, I got some money on this this phone now. Okay. Um, so please keep me posted on any updates. All right, I will. Hey, man, keep your head up and stay safe and healthy. We shall. We shall. I ain't okay. going nowhere. Stay right here at this house. <laughs> I know that's right. Yes, sir. Okay. All right, All right man. All right. You'll be well. We'll be in touch. Uh, yes, sir. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you for using GTL. A prisoner at the Michigan From Department Cornelius of Brown, Lakeland Facility. April 10th. 2020 Fighting an Invisible Foe This SOS is to all those who are willing to listen. My name is Cornelius A. Brown and I am actually an innocent prisoner serving 50 to 75 years for second degree murder. Please visit www.actualinnocentprisoners.com and search Cornelius Brown to learn more about me. As I write this letter, I am seeing a state of despair permeate the minds and souls of my fellow prisoners. The unannounced arrival of the coronavirus has incapacitated some of Michigan's most evil, hideous, and socially dysfunctional citizens. The morale of some of the most creative methodical and strongest minds have come to an unfathomed halt 
and some can be heard crying like infants in the middle of the night. The mental anguish connected with knowing that a life-altering disease or even death imminently looms is indescribable. We are not afforded the option of social distancing. We are stacked one on top of the other. In some instances, eight people in a 15 by 30 foot cubicle with no room to maneuver. We are compelled to rely on a deplorable and feckless healthcare system, which is stretched beyond its limits. And we are undoubtedly faced with daily antagonism that the average citizen can't imagine. More often than not, this antagonism is contrived and or premeditated just to prompt a response out of us in order to paint a false picture that we are savages, unmanageable, and unfit for society. Those in close contact are rounded up with the sick, superficially evaluated, prematurely released, and then replaced back on top into the infectious environment just to endure the destiny of doom. There is no mental relief options provided to a population that is already saturated with the mentally ill. Almost every inquiry by the confused is encountered by a non-responsive or asinine answer. Anxiety, psychosis, and stress is so thick one can cut it with a knife. We are being shifted around from infected environments to a non-infected environment, back to a more infected environment, as if our lives have no value. The Michigan Department of Corrections is unequivocally ill-equipped to take on this pandemic. I am mindful that prisoners have committed crimes and were sentenced to prison, but our constitutional rights were left at the gate with our street clothes. Notwithstanding, we were not sentenced to a death penalty, which is the current unconstitutional circumstance that every MDOC prisoner now face. Respectfully, Cornelius. Prisoner at the Michigan Department of Corrections, Lakeland Facility. 23 year old incarcerated man contracts COVID 19 from prison dining hall by Ephraim Paredes Jr. In a stunning new development on April 16, 2020, a young 23 year old African American man from Muskegon, Michigan, tested positive for COVID 19 at Lakeland Correctional Facility the prison I'm housed at. I will refer to the man as A.C. to protect his real name and identity. A.C. lived in my housing unit in a part of the building that is an open dorm setting with approximately 40 other people. He was a student in the food technology program which teaches incarcerated people skills in the cooking and hospitality industry. I met him a few months ago when he first moved into the housing unit. We didn't talk frequently, but we would have occasional conversations when he came to me for legal advice about his case. 
overall, he's a good young guy trying to get his life together and make his mother proud, who is a pastor of a church in their hometown. A couple of weeks ago, two food service supervisors and a wave of dining hall workers contracted COVID-19 or were quarantined due to being in close contact with a person who tested positive for the virus. Two food service supervisors tested positive for COVID-19. Two of them were quarantined for having close contact with one. Two of them were quarantined for having close contact with them, and one of the supervisors quit his job. In a moment of crisis, AC's food technology supervisor stepped up to fill the void. He called upon his food technology students and clerks to show up in food services to prepare and serve food to the 1,300 men housed at the prison. I remember seeing AC in the dining hall the first morning he worked. He handed me my breakfast tray and we exchanged a few words. Later that day, when he returned to the housing unit, we talked a bit more about how he happened to begin working in food services. After about a week of volunteering in the dining hall, AC told several people in the housing unit that he no longer wanted to work there because he noticed that several people who were working around him were ill. Several of them lived in housing units where people had tested positive for COVID-19. One morning, I overheard AC tell two people, Man, a bunch of those guys are sick over there. I am done going over there. I'm not getting sick in working in that kitchen. That afternoon, AC stopped volunteering to work in the dining hall. In the days that followed, AC began reporting symptoms of feeling ill. He complained of chest pains, labored breathing, dizziness, fatigue, and he expressed fear fear that he may have contracted COVID-19. Sadly, throughout the prison system, there are too many ACs, ones whose bodies are serving as human incubators for the deadly coronavirus, and whose persistent pleas for help continue to go unanswered and ignored. Yesterday, another man in my housing unit who worked in the dining hall had also been taken to health care in the middle of the night and placed in quarantine because of advanced COVID-19 symptoms. And just this morning, I learned that yet another man in the housing unit next door who worked in the dining hall serving people their food was exhibiting advanced symptoms of COVID-19 and taken to health care. According to a source with first-hand knowledge, there were recently over 30 incarcerated people receiving care at Henry Ford Allegiance Hospital in Jackson, Michigan, who have tested positive for COVID-19. Of that number, 17 of them are on ventilators. One can't help but wonder how many of those people made repeated requests for care before descending into such a dire state of health. Ephraim Paredes Jr. is a blogger, thought leader, and social justice changemaker who has been incarcerated in the Michigan Department of Corrections the past 31 years. His ongoing widely read series about the COVID-19 crises in Michigan prisons can be read at http colon front slash front slash fb dot com front slash f r e e dot e f r e n